No question that Louis Latimer lived a remarkable life. His parents fled slavery to give their children a better future, and Latimer was the youngest child of four. He began his life in Boston, and in 1864, in the midst of the American Civil War, joined the Navy, even though he was too young legally to do so. He falsified his age. After the war, he returned to Boston and began to work at what they called an office boy at a company that helped inventors protect their patents. It was clear almost from the start that he was not ordinary. He taught himself how to draw as a draftsman there did, learning the techniques, the tools, and the mechanics of the trade. Soon he was promoted to draftsman himself, an increase of salary from $3 a week to 20, no small increase. It was here that he met the first of many infamous inventors, someone named Alexander Graham Bell. Bell was in a race to finalize his patent for a new invention. He thought it would change the world. We know it today as the telephone. Latimer worked with Bell tirelessly to help Bell submit his patent application ahead of the ruthless competition that Bell was facing. Working day and night on February 14, 1876, they finished beating Bell's competitor and rival by only a few hours. Now, Latimer learned a great deal from his work. He was in conversation with some of the most brilliant minds in America. Soon he set off to New York City to work on electric lighting. He worked first for a man named Hiram Maxim, who was fascinated by electricity and all that it could possibly do, although today Maxim is best known as the inventor of the first automatic weapon, the Maxim gun. At the time, Maxim's longest rival, Thomas Edison, had invented the very first light bulb, but it had a problem. It didn't last long at all. Edison's light bulb sometimes lasted a few days, sometimes a few hours. It was not practical to use. It was expensive. It was good for gimmicks and for the wealthy. Latimer thought that he could do better. So he devised a new way. He used a carbon filament in the light bulb that allowed the light bulb to last for a longer time and to be produced cheaply. Suddenly, the electric light bulb could be installed in regular people's homes, people like you and me, and in businesses, and on streets, and everywhere. Eventually, Latimer led the installation of electric grids around the world, including right here in New York City, allowing the vast potential of electric lights to transform humanity. I think it is hard to overstate the enormity of Latimer's invention. He democratized light. He brought it to the world. Before Latimer, artificial light came through candles 
or oil lamps or kerosene lanterns. These were not easy to use. They were dark. The light was dark. They were cumbersome. They were smelly. And they were prone to fire. But suddenly, thanks to Latimer, the walls between night and day fell aside. Suddenly, with a flip of a switch, total darkness could become bright. We take Latimer's gift for granted today because we could hardly conceive, we can hardly conceive of existence without long-lasting electric light. Before Latimer, depending on where you lived, what kind of money you had, when the sun went down, your day was basically done. 4.30 in the winter might as well hit the hay, unless you want to be squinting in the dark by the light of some flickering flame. Just think for a moment all the experiences you've had when the sun has been down. All the experiences you've had because of electric light. Those are possible because of Latimer. Think about the countless times you've been home at night, out at night, doing really anything at all, or up before dawn. Think about those evening gatherings, the parties you've attended, all those winter nights when the sun has gone down, you've eaten dinner with your family or with friends, or you got up in the middle of the night because you couldn't sleep and watched TV with the lights on. You didn't have to worry about setting your apartment on fire or squinting and hurting your eyes. To imagine a world without electric lighting is to imagine a different reality a different planet, a life dominated by the need to manage darkness all the time and to wrestle with it in the absence of light. I think it is fitting then, symbolically, that besides being an exceptional inventor, Latimer was also a Unitarian. Our symbol, the symbol of our faith tradition of Unitarian Universalism is the flaming chalice, a source of light, it was designed to serve as a beacon of hope for those fleeing fascism during World War II, a symbol and a sign that those who saw it were safe, that they didn't have to worry anymore, that they could find hope and goodness, they could believe in the possibility of a better life and a better world for them once they saw the light of this chalice. Our chalice, of course, is not powered by electricity, although some are. But the symbolism is undeniable. We start each service by creating light, just like Latimer did with his invention. Latimer lived before the chalice became important to our tradition, but I would like to believe he would have approved and perhaps even seen it as an homage. As a founding member of the Flushing Unitarian Church, and later, the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Queens, a few of members who are here today with us. Latimer embodied a faith tradition that honored the best in people, regardless of race or creed. His Unitarianism suggested a profound belief in human potential, science and reason, as well as a faith of the heart expressed through his love of poetry and music.
Today, we can remember that Latimer's life reminds each one of us that we are called to bring light into this world in our own way. While our civilization today has literal lighting pretty well under control, we are still in dire need of symbolic light. We are desperate for hope, for reasons to be optimistic, reasons to believe in each other as our society fractures, reasons to find a light forward to confront the terrible injustices that is, are full in our society. So like Latimer, we can be strivers of bringing the light. And we can do so in a way that honors Latimer in particular. Now, I have an admission to make, which I'm slightly embarrassed about, which is that before coming to Fourth Universalist, I did not know who Louis Latimer was. This was true despite me being a Unitarian Universalist for most of my life, for me serving this tradition either as a minister or as a religious educator for eight years, and also being a licensed history teacher. I did not know who he was. I had not heard of him. And I bet, though, that many of us here today had not heard of him either. Or if we had heard of him, did not know who he was. I don't say that to shame you or shame past me before I knew who he was. But I say it to remind us that Latimer's story is not just that of a brilliant Unitarian black inventor from Queens. He is also someone whose life, despite having changed the world in an undeniably profound way, in a way almost unconceivable for our minds to really understand, that he has been neglected by our society and by our world. His memory has been neglected. Latimer's story is also one of whitewashing. History books teach of Edison, not Latimer. This is what white supremacy and other forms of oppression do. They choose who we remember, who to lift up, who to praise, and who to forget. They tell us who matters. We see it even in our own tradition. Few Unitarian Universalists even here in New York City, know of a man named Egbert Etheridge Brown, one of the first black ministers to serve our tradition. He founded a congregation in Harlem in the 1920s, endeavoring to create the first black Unitarian congregation. That congregation lasted for 50 years, but it never received the full support of our denomination. I wonder, being here at Fourth Universalist, what Fourth Universalist did in that time, only a neighborhood away, what did those here think of his efforts? What did they do to support him and his congregation of black Unitarians? Did Fourth Universalist, only a neighborhood away, ever welcome him and his people here? Did they even know what he was trying to do? Latimer's legacy requires that we remember people like Brown and the countless others whose memories have been forgotten, ignored, suppressed, 
or even erased. People of color, but also immigrants and women and disabled people and queer folks. To remember all of the people and stories that have been forgotten. Today, with his congregation closed, Fourth Universalist assumes Latimer's religious legacy. The congregation he founded has asked us to be good stewards of his memory and their own. Stewards of funds in a literal sense, but also the spirit in which they and he lived. We honor them and him by remembering those who have been forgotten or suppressed or ignored by affirming the inherent worth and dignity of everyone, by looking beyond the simplistic textbook stories to find and honor those who have been left out, like Brown, like Latimer, like so many others. We can and remember that their stories are our stories. It shouldn't take being the creator of one of the most profound inventions in modern human history to be deemed worthy of remembrance and celebration. This is what we are called to do here, to see the power and beauty of our own light, to see it in each other, to see it in those whose society tells us has no light worth sharing or remembering. And then for all of us together to make the world a brighter, better place. May we do this work of Latimer and spread that light now and always. Amen.